Thank you very much, everyone. Lovely, lovely. So here's a few quick notices then, and then we'll go for it and worship the Lord together and listen to Nick. He's the one who's going to be uh, preaching for us today. So it's going to be hopefully uh, the last regular Zoom meeting that we'll have. Uh, from next Sunday, the intention is to meet physically every Sunday in our building, so we're not going to be Zooming uh, regularly from there. However, now and again, we're still going to meet on Zoom and then and just because of circumstances. And the next time that's going to happen is going to be the 19th of September, though the evening service on that day will be a physical service. So we're not going to uh, be meeting physically on the 19th of September, but it will be a Zoom service. But in the evening, we are going to meet as an evening service physically, just so you know. I'm going to put it all in. Well, it's already on the website and it'll all be in print so you know about it. So you won't need to forget. Uh, next Sunday as well, we're going to be taking communion together. Uh, it's going to be great. We haven't done that physically for a long time, have we? So next Sunday, we're going to be doing that. I've ordered, uh, you might have seen them, some like little cups that have grape juice and wafers in them. And so I've ordered a good quantity of those so that you don't have to think, oh, I don't want to get uh, become ill because I'm taking communion. Everyone's going to have a cup on their chair, though Jeff will have two on his chair when he arrives. And then uh, uh, during the service, we'll just uh, un unwrap it sort of thing and be able to use this hygienically stuff. You know, so it's going to be brilliant. All is safe. All is wonderful. And at the end, we'll collect them up and recycle them. So everything will be fine there. Our next prayer meeting is this Wednesday at eight o'clock. It's not going to be uh, physical, but it's going to be on Zoom, probably for the last time. Also, uh, a bit of a trumpet sound would be good. The Thursday Bible study and prayer group restarts this Thursday coming in our building. And that will start at 1.30 and finish by around 3 p.m. Uh, Tuesday email a few weeks ago, uh, well, a few days ago, rather, I mentioned that even though we're finishing our series on Elijah today, the next series, which is going to be in October and November, is well underway in the planning and everything. And part of it is that it would be good to read this book. I don't know, maybe some of you have got an old copy from years and years ago, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Uh, if you haven't got a copy already and you think you want, might want to get one, you can do it online. In the Tuesday email, I gave two links for it. But also you can get it from the Vine uh, bookshop in Hinkley and it's going to cost $10.99 for that. If you don't want to go into the Vine, of course, we have our very own link to the Vine, Barbara. And if you tell Barbara by the 12th of September, that's two weeks time, uh, then she'll be able to get a copy for you. Like I say, that's 10.99. But you might have a copy already. They're going to be very useful in September and October. The Onward newsletters are going to come out next week because next week's the first Sunday of the month. And so I'll be delivering them hopefully on Friday for those that get a physical copy. So you know about that. Brilliant. We're going to pray then. And then, like I say, we're going to do some worshipping together. And Nick speaking to us in a little while by the wonder of video. So let's just pray now. And then we're going to worship God together. Lord, we thank you that you're amazing. Whatever situations we find ourselves in today, we know you are with us and we can find strength from you. Whether we're feeling brilliant because of the circumstances we're in or if we're feeling really down and 
and things are tricky because of the circumstances we're in. Thank you, Lord, you are with us and you are with our loved ones. Lord, we trust you with our loved ones and friends as well. But we thank you for today. Lord, help us to engage in what's going on and help us, Lord, to love you with all our heart, soul and strength. Amen. So if you want to stand, you're very welcome to. We're going to sing a couple of songs. Who breaks the power and then be still and know that I am God.
Thank you, Lord, for what Nick has prepared and what we're going to hear over the next few minutes. Lord, we pray that our hearts will be quickened by what you have to say through Nick. 
and then that we'll feel the challenge and go for what you're encouraging us to do. Thank you so much, Lord, that so often we hear different things from one message. So, Lord, help us to be all ears to what you want to say to us today. Amen. Amen. So let's listen to Nick just now. Welcome to our last talk about Elijah. One of the complete things about the story of Elijah is it's, it's like a story within stories. The, the whole history of Elijah makes up its own story. So let's just do a little recap as from where we are. We're first introduced to Elijah in 1 Kings 17, where it's fairly obvious that he's well known to everybody already. If we take a really big overall look at this, we see that there are, there's a message within the message, if you like. There's the story and there is what the story is telling us. And in 1 Kings 17, we, we see that God, through Elijah, by using Elijah, demonstrates that God has power over all the natural realms. And we divide science up into physics, biology and chemistry. And it's a little amusing to look at this uh, the story in 1 Kings 17. And you find that um, God has authority over physics, over biology and over chemistry. You can see all of that in 1 Kings 17. And then there is power over life and death. And then in 18, we find power over spiritual realms. Here, all the prophets of Baal, the other religions, the other uh, spiritualities, if you like, are completely conquered by, by God. 1 Kings 19, for me, is a very important chapter because it shows humanity. It shows the humanity of Elijah. And I think I would like to say here we see power over failure. Elijah is struggling here, but God lifts him up and carries him along. And then from 20 to 2 Kings, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, we basically see God having power over success. Read the stories through yourself, but we see amazing things happening in, in, in the, the realm and Elijah being very successful with now with Elisha's help and Elisha serving him as a servant right the way through. And then we come to this remarkable passage in 2 Kings 2, 9, 11, unique in the Bible, really. When they had crossed, that's the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, the, the prophet who he's anointed to replace him, but Elisha is still serving him. Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. Now, Elijah says, before I am taken from you. So Elijah knows what's going to happen. Elisha knows what's going to happen. And in fact, it turns out that all the prophets of the area know what's going to happen. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be done for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So you have this 
end of Elijah's ministry where he, he doesn't die, he's taken up into heaven. Now we could spend a lot of time and a lot of theologians and a lot of people spend a lot of time looking at this, asking what does it mean? Uh, where is Elijah now? Is, is, is he dead? Is he not dead? What's happened? I just want to not answer any of those questions. I just want to leave us with the thought that God is also the God of mystery. Not everything can be explained. Not everything uh, can be satisfied by our human questioning and answer giving. Sometimes we just have to accept that this bit is beyond you. It's a mystery. So I don't know is the answer to those questions. I don't think I want to know because if God wanted us to know, I think he'd make it pretty plain, pretty clear. But we see the end of Elijah in this unique way and it introduces us to mystery. Now, I want to make one point at this place. And the point I'd like to draw out from Elijah's life is God is sovereign, even when it looks like he's not. Remember, in Elijah's dark time, after this tremendous victory over all the prophets of Baal, he goes to this very dark time in one in one. Uh, Kings 19 and asked to be taken and asked to die. Paul quotes him in Romans 11 verses 3 to 5 and he quotes him as saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars and I, I alone am left and they seek my life. But then Paul says, but what was God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at this present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. Now, Paul was making more than one point here. The point I'd like to pull us back to is that we live in quite strange times. And as Christians in the United Kingdom, we live in times that I don't think we've ever seen in history before. Christians in the United Kingdom are not thrown into prison for being Christians, but they can lose their jobs and come under quite intense persecution for teaching what the word of God says. And even for saying things like men are men and women are women. I was looking at the news the other day when they're saying in Scotland they're going to allow children as young as four to decide what gender they want to be. I, I, I hate to think what would happen. Are they going to mutilate them? What are they going to do? Uh, these are the times we live in. And it can be tempting and it can be um, sometimes a, a bit worrying and we can sit there and wonder what's happening. What should I do about it? What should we do about it? How should we respond? Well, here's the first thought. Let's come back to this thought. God is sovereign. Even when it looks like he's not. He is sovereign. And he will have his way. 
So let's just read that part of from Romans again. Elijah's complaint was, Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars. And I alone, I am left and they seek my life. He felt lonely and abandoned that people have walked away from God's teaching. But what was God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at this present time, there's a remnant chosen by grace. And of course, the number here, 7,000, is of itself significant. Significant, It's symbolic because seven is the perfect number. So I've kept thousands of the perfect number, says God. Number, I, I know how many people I need and I know what I've done. So when we look at this strange time that we're in, and we look at the, the uh, challenges in the world today, we, we look at the huge problems with uh, climate change. We look at this challenge now with, with COVID and I believe personally there will be other plagues to follow because of the, the density of human beings in the world today. Our desire to get back to what life was like before is probably wishful thinking. Where is God? What is God doing? Has God abandoned us? Has God left us? The church in the United Kingdom is getting weaker and weaker. I just heard today that organisations like the Gideons are struggling to find people. No, have confidence in God as Elijah was shown and as Elijah went out in, in, into his ministry and proved. Have confidence in God because God has kept for himself enough power, enough authority God will use it when he wants to, whether he uses it as being Lord over science, Lord over, over creation, whether he uses it in mystery, whether he uses it in things we can understand. The beauty and the joy of our position is that we just have to trust him and leave the rest to him. Uh, the last little talk I, I looked at two sides to our Christian living. Firstly, our obedience and how we serve God. And secondly, living in within the calling that we have received, that we don't try and be what we're not. That's the way to find joy and peace in, in a Christian life and in Christian ministry. Do what God has called you to do. Don't try and be what you're not. Don't try and achieve more than you can do. Don't be jealous for other people or of other people. Be content with what God has given you to do. But do it with a full heart and a grateful heart, knowing that God is in control, even if things look strange. Have confidence in God. That's the whole thing that I sort of remember about what Nick's just been saying then. Maybe you've thought of something else that really came to you strongly. So as we sing the next couple of songs, whatever you've been thinking about, yes, let's just say, yes, Lord, I see my circumstances, but I don't want those to obscure who you are and what you're doing in my life and in the life of my family and friends. song we could ever sing 
worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. I live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show.
seemed that there's some gremlins going on as well so what we're going to do we're just going to sort of try and see if we can do something about that every time we meet there's always a sort of a monitor that you don't know about that just will will just pipe up and just say something so we've and so we sort of think we might have sorted it out now so we're just going to carry on with the next song and uh yeah let's see what happens
So the life of Elijah ends by leaving us with this mystery that he's caught up into heaven. The last few verses of the Old Testament read like this, Malachi 4 verses 5 to 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the father to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And that's the last few verses of the Old Testament. So we can see how Elijah in the Old Testament sums up the, the message of the Old Testament, and he is the prophet that sums up all the prophets. So, when does or did Elijah come? Because the Old Testament clearly says that he will come before the great and terrible day of the Lord. This isn't to Jesus. This is Matthew 11, uh, verses 11 to 14. Truly I say to you, among those born of women there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesies until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. Uh, Jesus is clearly using uh, some form of in scripture interpretation here because Jesus distinguishes between Elijah and John he doesn't say it's the same person come back but he does say that John is the embodiment really of Elijah's ministry and that John is the one who fulfills this prophecy in uh, Malachi so some people can find this difficult too if we want to have a strictly literal interpretation of the Old Testament, then we struggle here because the Old Testament clearly says that Elijah is to come before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And Jesus says, no, that was John, not Elijah. It was uh, Elijah being the embodiment of John. And you again. There's more theology written here than we can cover in this morning's talk. I think we just need to come back again to the way that Elijah's ministry finished. There's mystery. Let's just be submissive to God's mystery and sometimes not challenge and not fight, not try and squeeze things into the boxes we want them to go in or, or to have the answers to the questions that we want to have. No, sometimes God says, 
Just accept the fact there's mystery. And here is a sort of mystery. Elijah is to come and John is the Elijah, or fulfilled Elijah, or John was Elijah, if you can accept it, as Jesus said, although they were not the same. There is a wonderful mystery. Matthew 17, 1 to 13. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking with him. So we've got this symbolic representation of the law, Moses, and the prophets, Elijah. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you wish, I'll make three tents here, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Oh, wow, we can have fun with this one too. Um, tell no one the vision. Was this just a vision or did it really happen? Uh, you can play with the Greek, you can... Um, play with the ideas again we come back to the point here is mystery here is something else we can't explain easily Jesus gives us the picture and it's mystery and it's submitting to what God teaches us and, and for us to listen to what God is teaching us to, to understand God is not only the, the God of the laws of physics biology and chemistry he's also the God of mystery and of course, the symbolism is, is easy for us to see that Jesus is over. He's superior to the law. He's superior to the prophets. But the other implication here is that the law and the prophets don't go away, as we hear from the other parts of Scripture. Again, a little bit of mystery, a little bit, bit of us accepting. Sometimes things don't squeeze into the banks and boxes we'd like them to do easily. God just says, no, the law and the prophets carry on. Jesus is over them. They came to him and then he was seen as being superior to him. And then this issue about uh, Elijah coming, because this is obviously uh, an issue for the early church and for, and for the Jews, because it's raised again in this, this um, story. Uh, the, the writer picks this up and adds it to, to the story. And then the disciples asked him, so they remembered this, uh, why then did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered, Elijah does come. And he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come. Hang on, Elijah does come and Elijah has already come. And they did not recognise him. But they did to him whatever they pleased. So the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them about John the Baptist. So again, mystery. God's truth not fitting into our little bags.
the stories are there. Um, I, I, I keep coming back in my own life to looking at some modern physics ideas and particularly the ideas that come out in things like quantum mechanics where our physics and even our mathematics has moved from a time at the end of the 19th, 30, 20th century where physics and maths was certain to a time now where we say, oh, it's not. Um, there's a wonderful thing called the, sl the slit light, a slit lamp experiment, which shows that a photon can be in two places at once at the same time. Not going to go into that now. I don't understand it. And uh, somebody once said, if you don't understand quantum mechanics, you don't understand quantum mechanics. Um, but there is a, a wonderful experiment that can prove to you that a photon can be in two places at the same time. Scientists have learned to accept, they, they can't understand it, they've learned to accept that there is a mystery. They've learned to uh, accept that that happens. We shouldn't have any trouble understanding that God can give us mysteries. But sometimes uh, God's truth and what God is telling us doesn't fit into our nice bags, our nice little boxes. No, it doesn't work like that. It's all about relationship. It's about our trusting in God and God telling us, this is what I'm showing you. Just trust me and I'm in charge. I'm going to finish by reading uh, from Hebrews, a couple of verses from Hebrews, because Elijah, lead, this story of Elijah leads us into this mystery of him being taken up, leads us into him coming before the great and terrible day of the Lord, which is, of course, coming before Jesus, and leads us to the Mount of Transfiguration, where he stands before Jesus um, as representing the prophets, as Moses represents the law, and being uh, clearly submissive to Jesus. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I love the theology there, but I do get disappointed when theologians and Christians say they can understand it or explain it. I can't. It's a mystery. It's the gift God gave us. That was the first lines of Hebrews, the opening of Hebrews, Hebrews 1. Let's finish by reading Hebrews 12, just verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That to me is much more mysterious than slip light experiments and photons being in two places at the same time. This is God becoming human, dying for our sins, opening a way for us to come back to him, that we can live in fellowship with God, not just in this life, but for the whole of eternity. Amen.
So that's such an encouragement that God wants fellowship with us all. And so all we need to do is to reach out to him and say, Lord, be my saviour, be my all to me today. We're going to sing a couple of songs and then we'll just sort of think a bit more about what Nick has done. And we can just have some silence where we can all talk to God on our own. We don't need to pray out loud, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But before we do that, let's again just concentrate on God and say, yes, Lord, I need you all my life. I want my strength to be pushed and uh, to be with you, Lord. I want to give my strength to you. So let's sing a couple of songs now.
Jesus, I belong to you. You're the reason that I live, the reason that I sing with all my Oh,
So we're just going to have a minute silence or so now, not so we can pray out loud. We want to just talk to God on our own because God has been talking to you this morning like he's been talking to me. And we want to say, Lord, I respond. I want to do what you have to say. So let's just have a, a minute silence and then uh, we'll worship again. So thank you, Lord, whatever you've been talking to us about individually this morning, Lord, we want to hold on to that and not be forgetful and not tomorrow be thinking about something else. Lord, thank you for clearly speaking to us and for saying, come, I love you. Come 
Our prayers today. Father, we give thanks that you are still in control despite everything that is going on around us. And today we pray for those who have been rescued from Afghanistan, that they would be settled quickly into a new and peaceful life. We pray for those in the armed forces and diplomatic corps who risk their lives in dangerous surroundings in order to get as many as possible out within the time constraints. We also pray for those soldiers who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives helping those around them, for their families and the families of those who were killed by the suicide bomb. We pray for our Christian brothers and sisters who are still in Afghanistan for their protection and that even in these most difficult of circumstances they will still be an effective witness for God. Nationally we pray for our leaders as the number of Covid cases continues to rise and hospitals start to be overwhelmed again that they might have wisdom and discernment to make decisions based on the best way forward and not politics. And that all parties will rally together to deal with the situation. We pray for churches around the country as they start to open up again, that they would do so in a safe and secure way so that they are part of the solution and not part of the problem. We pray especially for NCF and for anointing upon John the leaders out of the lockdown into a new normality, that there would be blessings and renewed enthusiasm as we seek God's will for the future. We also pray for the other churches in the town, that they would see renewal and revival as well. We pray especially for Pastor Jonathan Bugson Daniel at Manor Court Baptist, 
that his treatment would go well. And that even now we would see God perform a miracle and provide a miraculous healing of his body. We also pray for all our brothers and sisters in our churches throughout the town and especially in NCF who are not well at the moment. That they would receive a touch from God's healing hand. I'd like to finish uh, this Zoom series with the Lord's Prayer. Um, perhaps we could just open our mics and share it together. There might be a bit of a problem with um, sound. But the Lord's Prayer was given to us by Jesus in order that we could share together a prayer which he gave us. So if you could just open your mics and we'll share the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, hallowed be thy kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our bread, as we give us our trespasses, as we
Lord, we truly know that nothing and no one can stop you and your purposes. Thank you, Lord, as well, that nothing can separate us from your love. Lord, as we come this afternoon into your presence and this evening, Lord, we know your love changes us, conquers all and does amazing things. So, Lord, as we continue to meet with you on our own and in small groups over these next few days, Lord, help us to be inspired and invigorated about what you've been saying to us today. We thank you for meeting with us. Amen. Amen. Amen.